Shawn Michaels. I'll just call you Shawn. <laughs> I think I'd like to take this opportunity right now to bury the hatchet with you and call for a truce. And that right there is the genesis of this new podcast. Michael, <clears throat> come out here. Call <clears throat> truce. So, okay, so we have a wrestling thread, and we send audio recordings back and forth of, of, of Bret Hart saying stuff like, <clears throat> Dino Bravo, he's a real piece of shit. Never really hung out with the boys in the back. And uh, act like a fool. Wouldn't put me over in Washtenaw. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we, you, know, you know what is crazy about Brett, honestly? I, I mean, you know, we all grew up watching Bret Hart, obviously, and it's like, did you realize as a kid, like, how little showmanship Bret Hart had? Like, what, <laughs> he had none! What was going on that he became the guy for how many years? Like, he has no idea how to entertain a crowd. <laughs> Zero. The most interesting Bret Hart phase was when he was, like, anti-American. Exactly. That was the only good time of Bret Hart. The rest of it was just him putting his hands out saying, right there. If, if, you, if, you, if you watch his mouth when he does that, he says, right there. Right he there. Not. He says right there. Right there. Yeah. Watch. No way. Go, go on the WWE Network and watch his mouth. Right there. You know what I'm talking right? When he puts his hands out like. Yeah, no, I know exactly the move you're gin, talking gin, about. Gin, 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 right there. Right That's all God. he said. So dumb. Oh. oh God! And also, yeah. Bret Hart has the great, my favorite line ever. And you guys know how often do I? Before I say the line, how often do I use this line that I'm about to recite? That Bret Hart. Said? I know what it is. It's about the enema. Yeah. How 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 often have you heard me use that line? Uh, at least think, like every two weeks. Three times in the last hour of the last text thread, I think. I I just used <laughs> it on our other text thread talking to Sam and Danny Gaga. The line is What's the line? so. So Bret Hart was in Pittsburgh one night. Yeah, he said, "Hey Pittsburgh, if the United States had an enema, I'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh." <laughs> so when I hear about a town that I don't like, that's what I always say. I always say, "Oh, I would stick the United States had an enema, I'd stick the holes right in Cleveland." <laughs> Honestly, I'd love to go back now and watch that whole Bret Hart angle when he was like the Canadian anti-U.S. guy. Because I wonder if it if it was actually any good, or it was good because it was so shocking to see Bret in that role. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, 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 you're right. Because I can't imagine that Bret was like cutting like five star gold promos for six months or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm sure it was just it was it was just him saying like, Michael, you're a real pig. You want to be a real Canadian hero like me? <laughs> Worship. But that, that's what it was, though, right? I mean, it was really based, it was kind of a reality-based uh, angle because wasn't he really, he was disgusted, right, with the Attitude Era. 
he was disgusted oh, yeah. with the fact that Shawn Michaels you know was becoming the guy. I, I don't know that I've ever like said this or heard anyone say this. I feel like Brett is the last bridge between those like boring grapplers and like actual <laughs> modern wrestlers. You know totally, what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he's like he's totally literally true. almost like he could work with like a, a Pedro Morales or Bruno San Martino. <laughs> he could just do those bear hugs with the big chest. You know, and yeah. then like he could also take a moonsault. It's weird. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, he really is. I never thought about it that way, but he's like he really he's like the turning of the page. Pedro had a really good test of strength. <laughs> he would always call out a test of strength, rope, rope, down, up, hip toss, test of strength. Pedro was a real general in there. <laughs> and my brother you remember, Owen. Um, a real general. Do you guys remember? Um, I don't think you were with us, Ryan, but we, we went to the Hall of Fame induction in Chicago when Bret Hart was inducted. Were you there for that? No, I didn't. I wasn't there. Bret literally. I mean, I think we. I think it started at like 6 p.m. and I think we left at like four in the morning. And Bret had like five hours. When he oh just talked God. about like the safety ratings of all the different wrestlers he's been with. And the <laughs> doing was so terrible. I can't imagine you could watch the uncut version anywhere because it was so long. Oh, God. It all was he did, so bad. All he did was talk. He's like, he's like, Hulk Hogan really knew how to start up some shit. It's really, Hulk, Hulk, Hogan was really good at starting up shit. And they, then, they, then they put the camera on Hogan. He'd look super pissed off. Yeah. I mean, all Brett does. Look, if you ever listen to or watch any Bret Hart shoot interviews, all he does is just list guys. He'll be like, Vader. <laughs> 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 And then he'll just, like, sit for a second. He'll be like, Steve Blackman? Never should have been allowed in the business? <laughs> he just lists off people in his head. That's all he does. Like, like Warlord had no common sense. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for his family because, you know, he's, he has the same discussions with them, even though they could clearly give two shits. What, yeah. what, what? Like with his son? What, what are his sons like? Shooter and Hart, right? Does he have a brother named Hart Hart? <laughs> Hart Hart and Shooter Hart or something? Or wait, no, not, it's not Hart Hart. It's something stupid like that, though, right? There is a Hart Hart, I think. I'm pretty sure. No, it's. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, or, or Abe just convinced us over the years. There's a Hart Hart. Wait, is it Hart Hart? Two Hart, Hart Hart. Oh no no no! It's Smith Hart. That's what it is. Oh, Smith, okay. Hard, hard. My brothers, Owen, Bruce, Dean, Ross, Brett, Keith, Brett was so, Brett was so Hart. Bad on the mic. He was so bad on the mic. Dean. Then, when, <laughs> do you guys remember when, like, the Hard Foundation War thing? I don't think Brett ever yeah. talked. It was always the end. Yeah. Like, Brett just stood in the back with his glasses. He was always, like, adjusting those, like. He was always doing that right, like, right there thing, but he wasn't saying it. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Right there. Right there. God, oh. but that's because the anvil was so over the top, screaming like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, conquistadors were coming!" <laughs> <laughs> and then Brett would have like one word to say, like, "And we're gonna give you a real Memphis kicking." <laughs> a Memphis kicking. Vince <laughs> is like, "God damn it!" God damn it, we almost had it. Someone teach that Canadian how to speak, damn it. Oh, so God. if you're wait, if you're if you're just tuning into this, you don't know who we are. I'm Abe Cannon. That's Ryan Mano, my brother Sam hey. Cannon. 
This is Vince. Please steal our ideas. It's a wrestling podcast. We think we have some good ideas, too. We will eventually get to some of those. Oh, but really, I only want to do the podcast to talk about Bret Hart. <laughs> I mean, I do have a lot of good ideas. But... Can I have one more thing on Bret Hart? Just oh, yeah. But, we Sam, about we can just talk about Bret Hart this whole you. episode if you want. Well, I, I was just going to say, though, the one thing that um, I thought was the best was so when Bret made it, when he had that comeback where he had that match with Vince at WrestleMania. We were just wearing those Janko shorts. <clears throat> do you remember the promo Vince cut on him about how he had no charisma? And he never should have been a top star. And no, was, I don't was, remember that. He was glad that he got a chance to screw him because he like <laughs> realized who he really was. And all that seems so sincere coming from Vince because the reality <laughs> is, is once Brett left, that's when WWE was able to go over the top and, and beat Nitro. When they were yeah. riding Brett's coattails, they were getting their asses kicked. But the moment they got Brett out of there and they, they promoted Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels, that's when... They they changed it. I feel like if Brett would have stayed, WWE might have lost Nitro and they'd be finished. Yeah, because he wouldn't have let them move on to the other guys. He'd no. always have to be. What's in it for me? Yeah. So okay. So I'll put over Steve. But then what's in it for me on the on the back end? He just wanted to have like 90, 90 minute technical matches too. That's all. He, he wanted to work with yeah. Malenko for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I could hold Malenko here in this abdominal stretch for 20 minutes. The fans will eat it up. Yeah. <clears throat> when when Malenko <clears throat> works the right arm for 20 minutes. I always said Malenko should have came in. We could have worked an Iron Man in a half. 90 minutes. <laughs> Only one submission at the Man end. Me turning the clover leaf into the sharpshooter. Didn't Bischoff like? Didn't wait? Didn't Brett debut on Thunder instead of Nitro? <laughs> yes, he did. That was smart. I think he did. I think that was the whole God. plan to, put, to make Brett like the 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 main guy on Thunder. I that'll mean, put butts in the seats. <laughs> yeah, that'll put butts in seats. <laughs> and then his whole storyline. I think didn't he have a thing with Goldberg where he wore that plate on his stomach? Oh God, that's like that's like this iconic moment in WWE where like Goldberg speared him and he had that chest plate on. That uh, was later on. And he though. took his like he took off his hockey jersey and he looked so uncomfortable. He didn't know what like how to <laughs> express. <laughs> Like to the fans, he, he but, but like said that was later on. How long was Brett even? I, I feel like later on wasn't that much later on. I mean, did he? I think he was there longer than we remember. I think he was there for a couple of years, but it, really, I think it faded after like two weeks. Well, you forget yeah. he was there for a while. He didn't do much. Remember, he was the referee in that Sting match, the Sting yeah. Hogan match. Then, yeah. then Owen died. Right. So when Owen died, Brett was gone for a long time, and like oh, they, that's right. That's right, yeah. And and they had no the cre- quote creative had nothing for him, so he, I think he just stayed home for a while. And then when yeah. he came back, they like gave him a standing ovation. I want to talk about my brother Owen. <laughs> and then it was one of those speeches. It was just not even that great. Owen Wait, was sorry, a real shitster. We got a thirty minute main event with Juventud Guerrero versus Disco Inferno on Thunder, so we, we can't work you in. We're sorry. <laughs> we got David Arquette coming out. We got Vince Russo. <laughs> Vincent is going to be here. Vincent's wrestling Mike Awesome. <laughs> I th- and I, th- I think Brett ev- eventually joined the NWO, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, I think everyone, I, like, almost everyone was in the NWO, except Flair, I think. <laughs> I yeah, told Eric. Flair reminds us of that every single day of his oh, life. Oh, he can't wait to bury NWO. Yeah. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, he lives for it. He'll tell anyone. He'll be like, worst faction in the business. Yeah. Worst, worst faction, worst faction in the business. <laughs> Ruin wrestling, brother. 
I was always in the Horsemen, and I never joined the NWO. Killed the bi- killed the business, brother. <laughs> killed the business. It's weird because Ric Flair will tell those stories about. Do you ever hear the, the Dusty Rhodes story about Ric Flair's hemorrhoid? No. He's like, yeah, so Ric Flair walked by and uh, he had this big old hemorrhoid in his ass. And uh, he told Barry Windham to push that hemorrhoid up his ass. And he stuck his finger up Ric Flair's ass and stuck that big old hemorrhoid way up his ass. <laughs> like, what, what, happens to, what happens to wrestlers and at what point that's okay? <laughs> uh, hey, you're going to have to put your finger up Ric Flair's ass. <laughs> Like, not only that it happens, yeah. but that you tell that story with a smile on your face. I remember when uh, when Rick uh, pulled a rib on Barry and had him push his hemorrhoid <laughs> up his ass. And, I love, uh, too, how, like, Blair couldn't ask a doctor or somebody else. He had to ask Barry yeah. Windham. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Windham. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Windham, brother. God. We pulled yeah. a rib on him. Everything was yeah, a rib. Everything's a rib, right? Like, I'm sure, yeah. you know. Every everything's a rib. Why can't anyone just be an asshole? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of these times, you hear these people talk, and they're like, "Yeah, no, Kurt Kurt Hennig was a great ribber." But every time they tell a story, I'm like, "What a piece of shit!" <laughs> yeah. It was always like, uh, "Oh yeah," then Kurt Henning put a gun in my gym bag, and I got I got stopped by TSA. <laughs> Kurt was the best. <laughs> Everyone talked about it like it was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rick Rude had a heart of gold. I remember one time uh, he, he he put he put super glue on my brake, and uh, I, I drove into this, uh, snowbank, but uh, luckily it was snowing out. Great guy. <laughs> even even the people that defend JBL still that are like. Oh, no, it's just, you know, locker room behavior. It's like, the shit they say he did, like, oh, he threw our bags in, like, a, a pile of cow shit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he actually, like, like, shit somebody's bag? Yeah, he, like, shit, shit your bag. bag. Yeah. yeah, and then he, like, he threw the Hardee's bags in a dumpster because they didn't drink and drive. Like, what a shit. Like, honestly, it's not fun, and people defend it. Like, oh, JPL's a kid. <laughs> give Andre the Giant a bottle of white wine and he threw it against the wall. I don't drink white wine. Or something like, I've never heard that. He, someone, someone, I, I, it was either Macho Man or the Rockers, someone that he hated. They would like try to get on his good side and they gave him white wine and he just threw it against the wall. He only drinks red. That's hilarious. And like all, all the young wrestlers had to always bring Andre the Giant bottles of wine and stuff. 
And he would just sit in the back. Before a match. Oh yeah, he would drink. He would drink like eight bottles of wine or like eighty beers or something. It's funny that someone like Andre the Giant would hate. Like I heard that he always hated Big John Studd. Yeah, because he he wants to be the only giant, right? Yeah, but it's funny that a guy like Andre would even be self-conscious about being the giant. Like, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're Andre the Giant. Like, why is he worried about Big John Studd? Because Big John Studd's like a foot smaller than him. Yeah. Holy giant. I mean, all the. Yeah. Oh, good. Probably like 6'3. He said he was 7'5. He's probably 6'3. 7'5. I was thinking about this. Like that Corey Graves sex tape came out, or or whatever, or not sex tape, but his his wife called him out on Instagram. And there's like a million wrestling sex tapes and like naked pictures. Could you imagine an Andre the Giant sex tape? Oh, my God. Because. N- number one, do you ever see that picture of him where he's wearing like briefs and there's like eight women on his shoulders, like four yeah, on each yeah, arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three of them look like they're being held hostage in that picture. Yeah. Ac- according to Hogan, he was a ladies' man, though. Well, he's like, yeah, brother. Uh, you know, he was big everywhere. If you know what I mean, brother. Oh God. <laughs> but like, let's say, let's say Andre the Giant had an equally big penis, right? Is that enough yeah. to make you have sex? Like, is there anything that would make a woman want to be with Andre the Giant? That breath? No. I, I mean, you can, even when he, when he smiles, like, or, I, I don't know if it was a bone disease or whatever, but his teeth <laughs> all fused into one tooth. They're like sharks. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. He, and then the rest in the back are like sharks. They're like shark's teeth yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah. So the second he smiled at you, I don't know that any... Any self-respecting human could could take off their clothes with him. And didn't they say he would fart all day too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem like he had much going on upstairs, like brain-wise. Brain activity was very low with us. No, 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 no. He was not smart. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, brother. I'm just thinking about the, a guy with the who looks like that with that kind of breath, like to have the nerve to, to think he's a ladies' man. Yeah, <laughs> they said he would like poop and like. If you go back and watch like WrestleMania three, like he he really couldn't even stand up in that match against Hogan. Like, he, just, he was like, holding the rope. He just, just holds onto the rope for twelve minutes. Good God, is Andre yeah, impressive? Was, was, was WrestleMania three when they had the those little carts that drove him out? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's cars. why they had him. They said. For Andre, right? Yeah, because he yeah. couldn't walk to the ring. Yeah. I mean, if you watch any matches from that era, besides a handful of guys, like, I mean, some of the guys like the Rockers or, like, Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man, those guys were good wrestlers. But for the most part, everyone just did, like, a body slam, a test of strength, um, a suplex. A suplex was, like, the big move that, like, got people on well, their feet. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, that match between Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3 for a long time was considered, like, the greatest match of all time. And now, that's just any match on Raw. Like, they're yeah. all like that. Now. It's worse like, than yeah. any match it's on Raw, actually. so much. Yeah. Well, for my money, you, you always hear these old guys, like, for my money, that's the greatest match ever. Now they do yeah. too many high spots. I'll tell you what, this is one thing that sets apart that era from today, and, and I think about it every time I watch anything on the network. This is a weird little thing, but I think it's a major thing is when the cameras used to flash. Like, everyone in the crowd would flash those cameras. You know how everyone had Oh, yeah. Right? You're right. If you watch old stuff, you guys, it, it, even, even like during the Rock Austin era, there's still a ton of camera flashes. Yeah. And 
There are none, and and that made moments feel more special to to me. That does. Like, even I if, never thought about he, that, but that's so true. Even if the, the the Hogan where he talks about I pressed that nasty stinky giant over my head, he barely fucking rolled him into a slam, like <laughs> barely. <laughs> but here's what made that moment special: was like every all those camera flashes made it feel like a fucking moment, and there are no moments. Anymore. Yeah. And everyone's well, true. And even like you think about the spills, like you think about like Superfly, like you know, ascending the top of the cage. And you see yeah. the spills, and there's all these flashes, and it's like wow. Yeah. It, it does look like a huge spectacle when you see that because you're like exactly. everybody in that moment had to capture that. Exactly. And yeah, that's a, that's a great point, man. I never thought about that. Wow. And and the way they would say like he got him up, like it was such a big deal. Yeah. That he hit yes. that because when we were kids, we were shocked that he body slammed him. They convinced us that it was impossible we, to we, body slam him. We, look, we were texting. Look, the, announcing even forget the camera flashes. Uh, the announcing used to make it feel like a big deal, and now you have uh, Renee Young going like, "Oh, all she says, oh, <laughs> oh, ow." But here's the thing: if you think back to when we were growing up, like I was texting you guys earlier. A mid-card feud like Brutus Beefcake and Outlaw Ron Bass had me enthralled. And when oh, yeah. Beefcake was bleeding and they would put that black bar over his forehead like <clears throat> it was too too tough for TV, I, I was probably crying as a kid. Like, well, that's true. I mean, tell stories. I mean, I, I don't those guys were, about they the were masters at selling. They could sell the drama like, like, like no one's business. And that is really lacking in the product today. Yeah, there's nothing. No one's telling stories. Not not vignettes. Not promos. Not the wrestlers. Not the announcers. No, there's no. So I don't give a shit. Why should I care that Elias wants to fucking hit Jeff Jarrett with a guitar? <laughs> what the? Who cares? You know that. Why? Ra- Ra- Ryan, that is true. But if you go back and watch, like, go watch WrestleMania five. I think that card had fourteen matches. Each match was like three and a half, four minutes. None of them made any sense. Like. The Blue Blazer and Greg <laughs> Valentine. And then, like, no, no, that's, that's actually not true that they didn't make sense. The matches made a lot of sense. It was just that the payoff was never really in terms of the wrestling. If you're watching for the wrestling now without that three-month lead-up on WWF primetime, whereas kids are chomping at the bits of those matches because you're watching jobbers every week. It was huge to have all those matches on one card. The wrestling now, in you know, in, given what we see today, it's not as special. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, 14 matches. This is like heaven. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. 14 matches with, like, known entities all in these feuds that all meant something. And every... You can't recapture how you felt, like, you know, leading up to those shows. All those shows were so special. And now, I mean, I was more excited back then about, like, any pay-per-view than I am about, like, the biggest shows now. Because you waited so long to actually see good matches now... I mean, you almost can't even distinguish like the card of WrestleMania from like a Monday Night Raw. It's like the same match. Yep. And it's it's weird too because every match back then would finish with like a small package or a hook. Like seventy percent <laughs> of the pinfalls were all small packages or a hook from behind. No one did their finisher on anyone. Like the egos back then. I'm if I it's like if I if I'm doing the job, brother, I'm not taking his finish. It's gonna have to be a hook, it's gonna have to be a schmoz. I'm not taking it, brother. <laughs> I'm not taking that. It, I think but, the, but, uh, you know what though. That almost made it like more impactful when you had a clean finish, when you saw somebody actually get pinned. Like it was like, oh my god! Like I remember when WrestleMania Five, where we were little kids, 
when Rick Rude actually pinned the Ultimate Warrior. That was like a shock. I was like, I cannot believe this shit is actually happening. And now, any given Monday night, you'll see the champion lose a non-title match to anybody. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like Daniel Bryan gets so pinned every like week almost. Yeah. What was the most, like, uh, if you think, just, you guys are talking about finishers. Like, if you think back to, to then, like, is there an actual finisher back then that was devastating? Because if you think about it now, I mean, look, look at a guy like Ricochet or even <clears throat> Balor doing the coup, coup de grace. Like, those are brutal finishers. And back then, people were encouraging Hogan to drop a leg. Like, if that was <laughs> in anyone ever, I'd be fucking shocked. A leg drop on the throat? <laughs> well, you know, you know what's funny, though, like, I was going to say, I, I actually have one. And I think it's just the way they framed it. I, so when uh, John Tenta Earthquake, when he yeah, came yeah, in, yeah. he would do that, like, that, that like, zip splash. I was always, like, super worried for the guys because they, they made me believe that, like, they, he was breaking their ribs and they couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> they might have to go to the hospital. And I, and I was always yeah. like, watching those matches, like, please. I hope they get out of this match without having to take that move like as a kid. Because I was like, I, even then we knew it was fake, but I'm like, that is still too much for any man to handle. Well, do you remember? Do you remember when he killed Damien? Yeah, of course. Oh God! I mean, yeah. that I, when I saw that, I couldn't breathe. But but hold on, even go go back to finishes, right? Like, I just think about like the Ultimate Warrior. He did what? The Ultimate Splash. He did that press that always it almost yeah. always looked choppy. Like unless he was picking up someone like um Danny yeah. Davis or something, it just it looked <laughs> awful. Like the guy would like, roll what, down his back. What finisher back then was actually devastating? The DDT the was DDT? the Rude the Awakening. Yeah. The only one. The DDT did look devastating. I thought the Rude Awakening yeah. looked really good too. Yeah. But then then the Undertaker's too so. really, Do you guys remember the Garvin stomp? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no drama. Like he gets to get out, he stomps him like eight times in forty yeah. seconds, then just spins. The Garvin right. stomp is the precursor to the five knuckle shuffle. Just <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Well, I I just so want to give I want to give people a taste of what this podcast was. I, I do want to finish with one one thought though. One idea. Yeah. This is my master idea, and I'm going to drop it right now. And you guys all agree it's probably one of the greatest ideas ever. So they just announced that Roman Reigns is going to be on Raw this week to give you an update on his uh, fight with leukemia, right? So I've been saying forever that Roman Reigns needs to come out as a heel. And I know this isn't like some big idea as a heel, but listen to what I got after that. Start something called the Roman and and guys, wasn't I saying the Roman Empire before they started calling it the Roman Empire? I will give you that. Yes, you are. Yeah, I've had this idea for years. Comes out in a suit, okay? Call the Roman Empire. He should have a very attractive woman who combs his hair while he's talking. He should have that because women love Roman Reigns. They love him, so he could play off all the dis like. And, and and I'm going to talk like Roman because Roman's horrible on the mic, but it'll still work even as bad as he's on the mic. Hey, fat boy. Oh, you mad? Oh, you mad? <laughs> Your lady ain't mad. So why don't you sit back down, bitch? So wouldn't that – can you imagine if he's in Alabama and he's talking to those fat guys? 
all the, and and then they remember when Rick Rude would come out they would they would they they they'd put the women in the crowd like they yes. they they'd zoom in on them and they'd have a look on their face yeah. like oh my like they're about to faint <laughs> with their perm hair it was a whole crowd of, of women like hot fanning themselves over Rick Rude yeah I know what you mean. And, and they, they they had to have been stuck in the audience, right? Because the way they were reacting, like remember when when Elizabeth they ripped off Elizabeth's pants, a million dollar man was like, that's the kind of re- those women had a reaction like they were about to faint. Red bloopers like down to her knees. It was like nothing at all. Yeah. He revealed nothing in TV. He's never seen anything like it. Yeah. But yeah, zoom oh in, zoom God. in on these women like getting having hot flashes, like fanning themselves yeah, yeah. up, and there's nothing worse right now in wrestling than the USO Penitentiary. I don't know why they, I don't know why they talk like they're like <laughs> rappers now or something. So tell them about it, Oos. Then they say, Sam, what, what did you say? They, they always say something that makes no sense, and then they close it off with "Welcome to the USO Penitentiary." And it makes no sense at all, right? Yeah, I, I don't even know what they're talking bad. about. They never make any sense. So what no, they should... no one knows. Even they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it no, just they don't. yo tell them oos, and and now now they're calling their opponents oos, which is even more confusion. Yeah. It makes no sense. So I said, since they're Roman Reigns' cousins, they should come out with him and be like his bodyguards. No, they, they would be good enforcers, I think. I mean, enforcers, they, are, they yeah. have a you know they have kind of a fierce look. So like as enforcers, I think they'd work. And imagine There's them no with mi- no microphones, please. Imagine them with suits. Hair in a ponytail, sunglasses, nice watches, like look, like nice suits, like really tapered suits, and yeah. badasses. And they should be the tag team champions too. Come out with the gold on. Roman Reigns is the world champion. How great would that be? No, it'd be it'd be a great it'd be great. It would be great. I don't think anyone's imagined it. So Vince, please <laughs> steal that idea. That and, and Vince should have stole that idea before because Roman Reigns, once he got leukemia, that was like the ultimate rub for him because then the fans finally like on a dime started cheering for him. So. Yeah, but they'll they'll turn again quick, believe me. When he co- if he's back for like three months if he's like, like, months, I'm, I, if he's like I, I'm 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 healed now, I there's no traces of cancer, you think they'll start booing immediately? <laughs> Will there be like any like period where they'll like give him like a couple of weeks for the cheer or will they like just a, immediately a cur- turn on him? A courtesy pop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he comes out, he gets that courtesy pop. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm battling with leukemia. They're all cheering, game with saying ovation. He's like, and as of yesterday, I'm clear. Boo! <laughs> Roman sucks. You know, here, here, here's the promo that I'm hoping he cuts. Okay, he, he comes out, and he's like, yeah. So, uh, as you know, I was battling leukemia, and I beat that bitch's ass. But yo. There is a little bit of cancer left, and that's all you out there in the crowd, all y'all. Oh, that's the cancer. Great. That's the cancer that got me sick. Oh, man. Tell them about it, Oos. And then the Usos come out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Could you imagine that? Great. That'd be great. God, it would be awesome. I still think, and here, here's my contribution to this, even if you want to flip Roman to the guy getting his hair combed after Mania. I feel like uh, <laughs> if if he comes out in some fashion and and costs Rollins the title at Mania and calls it retribution from when Seth cashed in, I, I feel like that's a that he, he if he comes out he still gets his his big return pop after kicking that bitch in cancer's ass or whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then he comes out and he gets his puppet on the way down. He fucking somehow costs Rollins the title and does it on purpose and turns heel that way. I don't know that why they're amazing. so against turning him heel. There's no we, downside to it. You know, what's, you know what's great about that idea, Ryan, is that so he, they basically he's a face now because you know because he's sick. The fans, yeah. um, rightfully so, like want him to get better. But it's like before you let the fans dictate, you know, if they like him or not. Really shock the fans that have him turn. Like yes. at WrestleMania, like he's still yes. in remission, comes out, gets a huge pop. You know, it's an emotional moment. And he turns right there. That would be amazing. Dude, immediately. It's huge. And yep. then the next night he shows up on Raw like like Ape talks about. With the sunglasses and everything else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 he should come out to save Seth Rollins, right? Like Brock. That's it. The, the, they knock the ref- save, him or, save him or celebrate with him, you know, something at the end. The referee something. gets knocked and, down. And, yeah. Roman comes out. No, but that, that, that'll cost should, – should, should Rollins win the title, you're saying? Even if Rollins wins the title and Reigns comes out and destroys him and then shows up on Raw the next night, like you said, Abe, that's, that's great. I mean, even if yeah. Rollins walks out with the title, that's, that's fine. Or do you give yeah, Rollins – I think Rollins has, Rollins has to win the title in that scenario. Like, one way or another, either with Reigns' help or, like, Reigns comes out after yeah, yeah, yeah. this, but, like, that's that skewed up right there. But do you, yeah, give, do, you give, do you give Rollins his one night – to enjoy the title. Then no, on Monday, no. he brings out Roman. He's like, Rollins, wait, hang on, Sam, wait, hang on. He, he, he had co- his night, though, no, no, years ago. He did, but listen to this. So you give him his night. Let's say Roman helps him, whatever. The next night, he's like, I want to bring out my inspiration for winning this title. The hardest fighter oh, yeah. I know. There my brother, Roman Reigns, he brings him out, hugs him. And then Roman hits him. He's like, you think I for- guess y'all forgot. Yep. You think I forgot? Yep. I, I, I still love the idea, though, of doing it at Mania, and then he comes out and explains that Raw. Because if you're doing it at Mania, it really enshrines it in history. It would be like, great. No, you're right. If he, true. And if it he does it true. at Mania, then he could show up to Raw in a limo with the Usos, all in yes. suits, his hair in a ponytail. And then and then that's where he explains himself and says, you think I forgot? Yeah. And shows that video. Fuck Exactly. That. Yo, I got this. Look. That amazing lead-in for Raw. It's like Everyone's yep. like, what the fuck was he thinking? I got this yeah. little itch in my back. You know, <laughs> and they play it on the screen. And the, the Uso should never talk, right? Because they're great never. wrestlers. Yeah, they're no. they're fine in the ring. They should not talk. Yeah. The other thing is, I really think that they need to um, unify all titles. I mean, oh boy, here we go. Well, hang on, this is the last thing, and then yeah. we'll wrap it up. The tag yeah. team titles need to be unified, and the world and the universal titles need to be unified immediately. Especially, okay, fine. At least the tag team titles. Can we agree hey, on I that? I think it doesn't even matter because none of the champions are even on TV anyways these days. So No, but <laughs> you're right about that. But wait, if you have one title, then one of the perks of being a champion is you're on both shows. Yeah. So then that, I don't that... disagree with you. I, I, here's, what I, here's what I think about that. I think the whole title picture or system has been thrown into absolute chaos by Brock not having the, the, the yeah. title on Raw every week. I just think... There's nothing to fight for. There's no. It, it's not visual. There, there's nothing. I don't know. They, they don't put emphasis on it, so I don't think unifying them will help. It's about how special you make the title. It doesn't matter if you have four or, or 14. If you make them all mean something, then they're going to mean something. They don't focus on why it's important. Yeah. But, but two yeah, sets agree, of... Cause it's like, if you think about the champions now, it's like who stands out? Daniel Bryan. Because it's like he has done something with that title right now. He's made it mean something, and it's like you have Oscar. No one gives a shit. 
I think our truth won the U.S. title a month ago. I haven't seen him since. Um, <laughs> who is Valor, the Intercontinental oh, is. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, what's he going to do with it? I don't know. Right. It, it's about the importance you put on it rather than the amount of them, I think. But, uh, Abe, I'm not against it. You're right. I think it'd be great to have the champions show up on both shows. The tag, okay, like I said, the tag team titles have to be united because now there's only one set of women's tag team titles. So you can't have two sets. It just doesn't make sense. There's too many garbage tag teams. This way, you could have tag teams on both shows, and the champion will go back and forth. Challengers might go back and forth to the other shows, like like attack the champion on Raw. It just it just it opens things up to so much. Just you never know what's going to happen. I think you need the brand split to stay though. I think because right now it's like you have. Too much talent who can't even get on TV with two brands. I think you release but a bunch of talent. I get down with having unified champions that they cross shows. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have to have every wrestler on both shows, though. Just because uh, it, Finn Beller doesn't have to be on SmackDown every week, just when it makes sense. Just because it's not a brand split doesn't mean you have to have the guys on both shows. You could still split up talent and, and get TV time for everyone. Well, I, I, I think the one the one the one thing I really like about the idea of having two brands but having just unified unified titles is that like you know like okay, Finn Balor's on Raw right now defending and it's like if you know, wrestler A doesn't win it, it's like we might not see this title on Raw for a couple months. He might go to SmackDown and look for somebody over there. So it gives more meaning to like the chase. Because it's limited. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not going to be showing up every single week. Like, you know, you're not going to fight the same guy 18 times in a row for four months like they do right now. Right. Let, let's wrap it up on this, guy. So Scott Hall sent out a tweet recently. It was a girl <laughs> with her legs spread open. Yeah. And I'm positive he meant to, like, DM that to someone or some girl sent him that, <laughs> whatever it was. And... <laughs> I like that this is how you're wrapping it up. All right. Yeah. And then, and then he wrote, and the next tweet was, my account was hacked. Sorry for any inappropriate items. And yeah, then some right. And then some guy goes, you do know, he goes, you do know you can delete that pic, right? And then Scott wrote back, no, how? And then, and then I checked back like a, a couple minutes later and it got deleted. Yeah. So Scott Hall, wow. Scott Hall learned how to delete. He did not know how to delete posts on Twitter, God. which is just great. Isn't it great that Scott Hall only has one shot at sending out tweets in his mind? Like God. he thinks, he thinks once he tweets, it's over. I, I you, he, would, he thinks we believe that somebody would bother hacking him. Oh, right sorry. Now. I was hacked. Just that yeah. one picture. Yeah. And, and a guy, well, hang on. How would a guy who doesn't know how to delete tweets know how to that he was hacked? Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, that's such a good point. Think about the, yeah. the steps it would have taken Scott Hall to regain yeah. access to his account. <laughs> <laughs> after hacking. Yeah. I know. God. Oh, uh, oh, sorry, guys. I was so hacked. Bad. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. I was hacked. Yo. Yeah. A kid, I was, uh, a, a kid told me I was hacked.
You know, he meant he, he meant to like text that to like uh, X Pac yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, hey. well, even if you don't take someone like like even if your 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 scale is someone like Joel Austin, right? Like if if someone like Michael Strahan did it, you'd be like. Oh, he must have been hacked. <laughs> 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 oh, my uh, God. All right, guys. We'll wrap it up on that. Cool. See ya. Later. Later.